In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim. What's up, brother? What's up, man? It's a great Wednesday afternoon. The dogs are back where they rightfully belong, number one in the CFP rankings. Ugly Orange is outside the top four, so everything's good from me, man. How are you? Yeah, let's. I, I want to start with the CFP because I thought it was interesting last night. I still find it odd that we live in a world where LSU is the number seven team in the country. Like I understand they beat Bama and it is what it is, but are, are we just not going to talk about them losing to Florida state in new Orleans? Like I, 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 that confuses me. And then are we also just not going to talk about the fact that they got beat by 31 on their home field by Tennessee? It's just, it's a weird ranking to me. I, I don't, I don't really understand it. So that's one piece of it. The other piece is Tennessee's ranking was interesting, I thought. You know, they dropped to five, which I think is justification, again, because their loss is on the number one team in the country's home field. But it wasn't really close. They got dominated. And so now their marquee wins are Alabama, who has two losses and really could have three. Or and who knows what's – who knows what's going to happen? It's Ole Miss because I mean, they could have lost that A and M game, and then and they Texas. could lose this weekend, and they could have lost Texas. Yeah, I mean, I just think the Alabama win gets a lot more credit this year than it probably should, and that's fine. That's based on their brand for the last decade plus, so I, I get that. The other piece of it is Tennessee's other win is LSU, that the committee has at seven, which is kind of like a self perpetuating affirmation, right? I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's all interesting to me. And I guess my first question for you is the way the committee has set it up, and I think this is rightful, is T, if TCU takes care of its own stuff, they're in. And I think they should be. I think that's justified. I, in all honesty, thought Tennessee was going to be four. I thought they were going to put TCU at five because I just didn't think they had any respect for TCU, which I thought would have been very telling. But this ranking is kind of, I think, their wink-wink way of saying, okay, TCU, if you went out, we'll let you in. But if you don't win out, we're going to drop you to like 15th. I mean, it just seems they have no faith in the Horn Frogs. So that's something to watch. The one that's maybe most interesting to me is Oregon. Because, and Reese Davis said this three or four times last night, and I think it's valid. Do we just forget that – Georgia made them look like a JV team to open the season and then go, yeah, they should be in the playoffs. I, I don't know, man. That, that's just a, that's tough for me to wrap my brain around. Like if I was a Tennessee fan, I'd be standing on a table talking about that. Like, look, y'all, y'all played the best team in the country and y'all showed y'all ain't in y'all ain't in it. So just as a football fan, I think Tennessee should probably get a shot before Oregon does, but that, I mean, I know the realities that won't happen. Okay. If Oregon wins out and wins the PAC 12, 
I would be shocked if they don't leapfrog Tennessee and get in. Don't you think? I just think they're not going to keep a conference power five champion out. I mean, I said this last last episode when we were talking about it. They're going to take a one loss Oregon or a one loss USC Pac-12 champion over Tennessee. Yeah, it comes that this whole argument comes down to TCU. Yeah, and then it's going to come down to the one loss teams. You're going to have a one loss Michigan or Ohio State, a one loss Tennessee, and then probably a one loss TCU conference champion. So if if TCU is a one loss conference champion, they may be more than one loss. But if TCU is a one loss conference champion and then avenges their loss in the conference championship game, I think that that holds weight. I will let's go back to LSU real quick because you brought that up. The committee is giving a lot of weight. I know Fuller State's record's not very good, but they are they use the eye test, quote unquote, and Florida State has played well using the eye test. Their record doesn't show it, but they have played well. They've lost the games they've lost have been close. They're not getting run out of the stadium. So I think that that's part of it with the Florida State loss. Now, the Tennessee loss, there's no excuse for that. I mean, we've talked about that since it happened. Like, Brian Kelly, I, I would have run him out of the stadium that game. I was uh, I was so mad watching that, and I can't stand either one of the teams. Like, it's just poor coaching decisions. So I think that's part of it with the Florida State loss. I think they're just kind of ignoring that. Now, if Florida State loses the next three games and looks terrible doing it, then that loss starts to look worse. But as of – today and they constantly say that it's the rankings as of this week yeah yeah so and every every year the 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 rankings have been as the season has gone on and they kind of forget about the beginning of the season it doesn't really matter what you do at the beginning of the season those losses later in the season tend to hurt more than losses in the beginning of the season which i don't necessarily agree with it should be your body of work yeah, it's going to be real interesting. And obviously, some of this stuff is going to take care of itself on the field. So we won't really have to fool with it. But it's it's kind of a funky year because you don't have a lot of prominence at the top. I mean, even Ohio State, God, I, I know everybody's trying to explain all this away with the weather, but that Northwestern team is not good. And the fact that that game was what it was, I mean, who's super impressed by that? I, I just – Ohio State, I don't know, man. They just haven't looked right to me really all year. And I do not think the Big Ten is very good at all this year. Like you got the teams that are normally kind of like competitive and tough outs, whether it's Wisconsin or Michigan State or whoever it is. They're just not good this year. And so I think the Big Ten's one that's really hard to prognosticate. And then obviously Clemson losing throws the wrench in the whole equation. And let's let's talk about that real quick. What happens if UNC runs the table and goes 12 and one and wins the ACC? Yeah. And I think let's also caveat that with not just UNC, but UNC with. I think when it gets to that point, top three Heisman contender, Drake, Drake, he he, in my opinion, if we're just, you know, because they want to throw around stats and everything. I mean, he has the best stats in the country. Yeah. And he's a quarterback. So, and they love it, love a quarterback. So he has the well, best stats in the country. And he looks like he's, he doesn't have that wow Heisman play, but he makes plays every week that you're like, damn, that was impressive. You know what's tough for them? Notre Dame losing to Marshall and Stanford is tough for Carolina yeah. because that loss just, 
doesn't look good. I, that's why I think it's tough for Clemson. I Notre Dame is such a weird team this year, and I don't think anybody could make an argument that they're even close to being in the conversation. So to have that loss on your schedule, it's not good, man. Not good. Now, the flip side of that is I think if they do run the table and win the ACC, they're in the conversation, I think, because of Drake May, because of the name notoriety, especially if he keeps doing what he's been doing. You know, they're, he's going to be in New York. So it, it's going to get interesting. And, dude, Tennessee's going to win out. I mean, Tennessee is going to yeah. be a one-loss team. So yes. they're going to present a difficult problem for the committee because what's going to happen is they're going to be, whatever it is, 11-1, and one, and their loss is going to be to undefeated conference champion Georgia. So, dude, they're going to have – they will have the best resume probably of anybody. But the two times that this has happened where a one-loss team has made the playoffs as a team that did not play for their conference championship was when there were multiple two-loss conference champions. Wow. Let's, let's also put the elephant out there. It's also because those schools were named Alabama and Ohio State. Oh. So that matters. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just going to be the, the – and, and part of this is, you know, the committee, they always do this, but they've made some, some interesting kind of justifications for why they have put people where they are, which doesn't give you much, I feel like, faith in the process. So, it, yeah, the rankings in some ways feed themselves because they justify putting person at position A by person that's in position F. Well, you put them there. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things I, where I honestly would not be surprised if they put the loser of Michigan, Ohio State in over Tennessee, even the, with the resume. Like I would it would not shock me at all. Like, especially if it's Ohio State that loses. That'll that'll surprise me just because again, the Big Ten has is not good. And neither one of those teams has a good win. Like Ohio State, again, like UNC, they're hurt by Notre Dame not being really good. I completely agree with you. Name recognition. That's it. Yeah, I, here's the problem for Michigan. If, if Michigan ends up being the one-loss team, they got their ass beat last year, and they're the same team. So, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 will, I will be very surprised if the Big Ten gets two teams in. Very surprised. Nothing surprises me with this committee. Nothing. Like, every time that the chairman speaks, like, what's his name? Boo, Boo Corrigan. Boo something. Yeah. Boo Corrigan. Every time he speaks, like, I'm just like – I wish they'd interviewed somebody else. He contradicts himself like every third sentence. Yeah. Well, I think here's the thing that's nice for, for Georgia is if, if they handle everything that they should handle and win out and win the SC title, they stay in the state. They'll play yeah. the semi play at the Benz at the Benz. It'd be the third game at the Benz this year. They should feel very comfortable. I mean, it's a nice little path if they just handle their stuff. I do think it would yeah. be interesting to see if Tennessee ends up being the one loss if the committee doesn't do some seed maneuvering to get a matchup that they like. I just don't foresee them putting Georgia and Tennessee in the dome in a semi. I think they would put one loss Tennessee at three. Unless it's Oregon. I don't see them uh, putting Oregon back in the dome for a rematch well, to start the season. Well, so that's the other interesting thing is who the fourth one ends up being. So it, it's going it, 
this is this has been an interesting year and, and interesting because who are the two that are pretty much out? Well, not pretty much. They're out. Bam and Clemson are out. I mean, maybe Clemson still has a path. I've read people trying to justify Clemson's path. And it's like, have you watched Clemson this year? In what world are we having discussions that they should be in the playoffs? Like, they are not good. Hard stop. Like, no qualifications for that. They're just not good. I mean, there's nothing about that team that you go, oh, yeah, playoff team. They're good. So, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be it's going to be very compelling, I think. So, anyways, well, let's talk about what the dogs got this week. They got – are you heart conflicted this week? Mike no, Leach, you got, no, you got root against Leach no. and the Starkville, Starkville Cowbells, the Cowbell Pirate Ship. I love Mike Leach, you know I do, but this is just like when the dogs played Arkansas last year. There, when it comes to the dogs, there is no comparison. It's always the dogs, dogs on top every week. So this is one I did a video about this back in I don't know late July, early August, where I said if I was looking at the dog schedule before anything got kicked off, this was the game on the schedule that I circled and said this makes you a little nervous, like something funky could happen because you're going to go to Starkville. Mississippi State's got Will Rogers in the third year in that offense. Mike Leach, it's kind of funky. They get the ball out quick. And obviously, some of that is obviously dictated by my feelings from 2020. I mean, that was a weird night. And they gave the dogs all they wanted when they had – what did they have that night? 48 guys that were there? Yeah. Because all the COVID sit-outs? I mean, that game shouldn't have been close, and it went down to the wire. So, I will say Mississippi State has not looked great the last month. I mean, they've just not – really been humming and i mean they really don't have a run game to speak of <laughs> so they just use that short passing game and I, I i will say this if they're efficient in that short game and i think this is what happened in 2020 it keeps george's offense off the field the defense gets tired and they start to like get what they want and i think it could be a tighter game than is anticipated but the flip side of that is they could also be three and out in 15 seconds, which happens to them a lot too. Yeah. And then their defense gets run down. So it, it'll be interesting to watch. And I was looking at, you know, he's obviously top, top passer in the SEC, but I think he's thrown the ball something like a hundred plus more times than Stetson has. So if you like averaged it out, what Stetson's stats would look like if he'd thrown the ball as many times as Will Rogers, he'd be having an absolute NCAA football video game year. So it's just it, – it's it's obviously a funky offense. But that defense doesn't really scare me that much. The only thing that gives you any hesitation is if guys kind of recline the seat a little bit after last week and aren't ready. Because yeah. this is the type of game, if you're not ready, that can bite you. So that will be interesting to watch. I mean, you got yeah. any concerns or is this more of a are they going to hit the number type week for you? Like I said a couple of days ago in our recap show when we were talking about this a little bit, the only thing that concerns me is, is we're going to have to play dime the whole game. And that's not something we do very often. We play dime on big passing downs. We don't play it all game long. So our entire secondary, we're only going to be, we're basically playing a four, one, six all game, most likely. And that is unusual. And I'm not, it's not that I'm not confident in Kirby in the game plan and the scheme, but we can't just sit there in like a, an umbrella, you know, seven yards back like we did in 2020 and let them get five yards every play because they'll yeah. just matriculate down the field like they did then. We have to, you know, 
we have to, I think we have to play bump and run is really what we have to do. And I think we have the athletes on the outside to do that against this team. I mean, we're going to have to out athlete them. And I think we will, but I think we learned from that 2020 game against this offense. And I don't think we're going to have any problem with this game. I really don't. I think after last week, I think Kirby lit a fire under this team after all the disrespect going into the Tennessee game. And I would be shocked if there's any letdown the rest of this season just because of all the disrespect that they got leading into that Tennessee game. Yeah, for me, last weekend's game was was the maturation game for this team. Like, this is where they kind of turned it on. I mean, we're in November. It's big boy football now. And I think that was step one. It's we're now on the 60-day sprint to get where we want to go. And I think they've got that in front of them. And I also think that Tennessee game shows you what it takes. Like, I'm sure there was a different level of focus and preparation that week. And now they all understand that. This, that was the first real, I think, stress week where it was, hey, we got to, like, lock this in and show up and be who we're supposed to be or we're going to get beat. And that's a different level of stress, different level of preparation that I just don't think they've had this year. Maybe they did feel that way going into Oregon because that it's, you know, it's the opening game and you don't know what you don't know, but it, I I'm with you. I, I think that was kind of a, a light switch game for this team. And I'll be surprised if they don't come out kind of on a mission all through November. Cause you got to go to Stark Vegas. And right after that, you got to go to Lexington play Kroger field, which they announced that's a three thirty kick. Although I do not think this Kentucky team is very good. And just like last year, everything Kentucky has to do to be successful are all the things that we are like a fortress defending against. So it just, they just don't scare me and their defense is not nearly as good this year as it was last year. So they're going to have a very hard time with us. I mean, that could be a blowout type game, I think. And I mean, with the Mississippi state thing, what, what did Bama beat them? What? 31, nothing. Yeah. And that's with their Swiss cheese secondary. Like I feel pretty good about. Oh no, it was 31, six. They scored a touchdown like on the last play. I think, I think athlete to athlete, this is going to be a problem for Mississippi state. They're just not going to be able to, to match up. And you know, if Steck comes out and plays the rest of the year, like he played Saturday, he might find himself in New York. Cause he looked electric. I, I actually thought he has not gotten enough love nationally this week for how good he played given the stage. It's because we didn't throw the ball in the, four, in the second half. We threw four times. That's why. Yeah. yeah, the numbers didn't look as bloated as the performance looked if you watched it with your own two eyes. I mean, he was clearly the better quarterback on the field. And again, man, I just think he fights narrative. I, I just don't think he gets the national respect because of how he looks and because of what his stars were coming out of high school. He just People look at him and they're like, yeah, whatever. It's, oh, George is so talented top to bottom. They have shit to do with Stetson, which it's not true. It's just not. Like, he's straw that stirs the drink for that offense. If he's off, they're off. That, that's it. I don't know, man. I, he should get more love than he gets, and I'm going to stay on that pedestal because he's just not getting it, man, like he should. Um, all right, let's pick some games. I think it's kind of a fun slate this week. Your boy's happy. Yeah, I like this slate. Like, I got, I got I, three trophy games on I here. Feel, I feel no feel for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right, we are going to start with the Boilermakers going to Champagne for two playing Illinois. Brett Bielema's boys been surprising this year. Tough loss was last week, but otherwise been playing yeah. really well. They're a home favorite against the Boilermakers, six and a half points. And this is the battle for the Purdue Cannon. Did your boy know anything about the lore of the Purdue Cannon before we did the research this week? Sure didn't. Do I know about it now? <laughs> sure do. Apparently what happened was the history is Illinois or no Purdue took their cannon to the Illinois game in expectation that they were going to win and then light off the cannon. Right. And I think this is like back in the twenties. Well, they lost. And then apparently like an Illinois farmer commandeered the cannon and held it at his farm. Like wouldn't give it back. So then many, many years down the road, I think they've only been doing this for X amount of years. It's not like a long standing one. The cannon was brought back as the, the trophy for winning this game. So I'm here for that. I'd love some shit like that. So the Purdue cannon game, that's what we're going to call it. Well, who, who's getting the cannon after this, homie? Illinois. And they're going to cover. And my reasoning is strictly because of, did you see what happened before the uh, Purdue-Iowa game last week? Uh, With no, their I will, uh, I will locomotive. Oh, I, yes, I did see it. It stalled out at like the 50. Yes. And they had to push it off the bat. I mean, come on. Tough. Come on. Yeah, tough. tough. That's tough. So tough right start. there. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I mean, come on. You get that that you're on your home field. You're just embarrassing yourself. I mean, that th- to me, that's worse than the wagon for Oklahoma tipping over. That's just worse. So I, I'm going with Illinois. I'm going with Illinois. I, I like what Bielema's doing there. I mean, they look they've been impressive this year. He's a good fit there. He's a good fit there. Yeah. So, he is a good fit there. He's a good I, I like Big them. Ten fit. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. So I like them. I, I think that they, you know, I like what they're doing. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm taking Illinois. I don't really have any good reason for it one way or the other, mainly because Purdue burned me last week. I had them to win straight up and cover against Iowa. And that was just an absolute dump trucking. They made Iowa's offense look like, I don't know, Oregon. It I was know. ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. It was, it, yeah. So, anyways, I'm taking the Illini. All right, the next one is one of my favorite rivalry trophies in all of college football. I used to love it when this was played as part of Thanksgiving weekend on the Friday, Black Friday, and that is LSU and Arkansas battle for the Golden Boot. Tigers coming off, Bayou Bengals coming off their big, big win last weekend over Alabama, vaulting them into the. Number seven spot in the CFP. Got to go play Arkansas, who got beat by Hugh Freeze in Liberty last week. And LSU is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Who do you like in this one? I think that there's a better chance for a letdown by the Tigers than there is for the Dogs, just because they are younger. They aren't as well-coached, in my opinion, just because I don't, I'm not a huge Brian Kelly fan. But there is scuttlebutt that KJ Jefferson's not going to play. He did not practice. He's only thrown a little bit on Monday. He did not practice yesterday. This is Wednesday when we're taping. So I'm going to go with the Tigers. I don't love it, but I'm going to go with the Tigers on this one. Um, I'm not a big Hornsby fan. Um, I believe that's their backup quarterback, Malik Hornsby. So I, he's more of just a, a tank. Like he's not, he doesn't really throw the ball great. Um, unless he's improved a lot since last year, but without KJ, I don't think they have a, a real, real shot at this one. Man, Coach Pittman's team this year is weird to me. I got no feel for him. 
I, I kind of thought they would take on... Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Next step after last year. And maybe, maybe we really, really discounted the importance of Traylon Burks to that, to that offense. I mean, they've just looked different. And I think when I think the other piece of it is I don't think KJ's been healthy all season, like really healthy. And I know he's missed a game here and there because of his health, but I think all year he hasn't been a hundred percent. And they need him to be a hundred percent to be what they need to be. I also just think their defense has taken a step back. Their defense has yeah. struggled mightily. So for those reasons, I'm going to take LSU, but I'm with you. I don't feel great about it. It just feels like a, how is LSU going to respond to not only the big win, but then kind of being in the conversation now. Um, the flip side of that is Brian Kelly's been here before from a coaching perspective. So I will give him credit for that. And you'd hope he'd have his guys prepared, but it's his first time doing this in the SEC. So who knows? And Going into Fayetteville, it's a tough place to play. There's a lot of history in this rivalry. So who knows, man? I, I wouldn't put any real-life money on this, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Bayou Bengals as well. Okay, last trophy game of the week. We got the Heartland Trophy. Wisconsin going to Iowa. Badgers are a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. What do you know about the Heartland Trophy? Not a damn thing. It's a gigantic bull, a bronze bull. Um. <laughs> Really no rhyme or reason for why it's a bull. I think what I read was the people who decided it would be a bull is that this is the kind of hard-fought games that they have against each other. So it is what it is. I don't really care one or the other. Funny story about the Heartland Trophy, the original variation, the bull had balls. So, like, yeah, just, like, dangling balls on this bronze bull statue. Oh, and so, God. That's great. They had to get rid of those because people were like, we can't be just prancing around with this bull trophy with balls dangling everywhere. <laughs> so anyways, imagine that when they present the trophy. Okay. So that's your, that's your fun fact that you didn't need to know today. So now it is a ballless bull that is, uh, is, is awarded. So that's that. So who do you like? <laughs> uh, can I take the under? Is that an option? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, both these teams stink. They're, they're, yeah. This is gonna. This is bad. Um, I have no idea. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin strictly because you love Madison, and that is it. I, I have no other reason. I I have no idea what's gonna happen in this game. No feel for it at all. Both these teams are not good, and whenever I've picked one, the other one wins. So probably, you know, the Hawkeyes are going to win and probably beat the tar out of uh, the Badgers. But I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yeah, just to hedge a bet, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the Hawkeyes. There we go, because I'm the same way there. you are. Anytime I take one, the other one wins. So, yeah, I'll take the Hawkeyes. So no good reason for it, so do not take any gambling advice from, from me or James today. We're just picking this to pick it. No, no feel for it. It got on the list because it has a trophy. Full disclosure. <laughs> That's it. All right. This is very interesting game, given what happened last weekend. 
Alabama essentially out of the playoff race. I keep saying essentially because I will never put anything past the committee. They will figure out a way to get Alabama in if there is a path. So that's why I keep saying essentially, even though it should be that they're out. But Alabama got to go to Oxford, play Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. This is going to be interesting because I I do feel like in some ways Coach Saban puts Lane's brain in a pretzel. He just seems to like – he looks like one of the fembots from Austin Powers. Like he just kind of discombobulates himself and his brain explodes. Like, dude, last year, what did he go for it on fourth down like seven straight times and missed all of them? I mean, something like that. It was a zoo. I I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Alabama's 11 and a half point road favorite, dude, which I don't know. Vegas obviously still loves the tie. That number, well, let's just say it's interesting. So, what do you you think in this one? I said in our recap episode that it's surprising how Alabama is not very good in the trenches. It is also very surprising to me how good Ole Miss has been in the trenches. They are running the ball extremely effectively, which for a Kiffin offense, that's not really a staple. Like he likes to sling the ball around. So I'm going to go with the Rebels. I don't know if they're going to win. I think they're going to cover this. I think they're going to keep it close. And you know what? I'm I'm going to pull for them in this. I, I'd like to see the Rebels win, and it has nothing to do with Alabama, but just for the story. You know, I think that'd be a good story, you know, and they got a good potential to be a one loss team there at the end, too, with their only loss being to LSU. So um, just to throw another monkey wrench in for the committee. So I'm going to go with the Rebels. Uh, I think they're going to cover this just for the fact that they can run the ball very effectively. And if they Bama has to bring that extra safety down to stop the run, you know, they got enough outside talent to make to to burn Alabama secondary. You know, who's not rooting for Ole Miss. Tennessee. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, I'm with you. I'm taking Ole Miss. I like them to cover. I don't know if I like them to win straight up, but it would not surprise me if they won straight up. But I do like them to cover. I think Bama has shown they are not a great road team this year. So that's a big piece of it. I also think this is the opportunity for Lane to really get a marquee win for the year. And for that program to get a marquee win. And to your point, they're not out of it yet. If they win, they've got a shot if LSU stumbles. So this is a really big game for Ole Miss in a lot of ways. So I I like them. Definitely to cover. I mean, I I think it's probably a one-possession game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is one of the more fun games of the day because I think it's going to be a lot of points. I think it'll be a lot of energy. Um, So, yeah, I I think it'll be good. And – 3.30, 3.30, I mean, that's a nice little little entree for the dogs at night. I think the 3.30 slate's fun because the next one we got is UCF and Tulane playing, which interesting matchup. Who'd have thunk it, right? I mean, this game yeah, could no be kidding. for the group of five entry into the New Year's Six Bowl game. Whoever yep. wins this game will have a nice path there. So Tulane, one of the stories of college football this year, I would say probably one of the top three stories. And the Green Wave is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What do you think about this one? I like Tulane in this. I like their style of play. I did. Full disclosure, until they were on the card, I think, three weeks ago, hadn't followed them at all. Hadn't yeah. looked up. I, it was strictly you know, a gut pick when I picked them, and after that I started paying attention to them because I watched that game. And they've been – I like their style of play. They, they run the ball really effectively. And their quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, is 28. He played yes. minor league baseball and now is going back to school. And I love those guys. The yeah. Brandon Whedon's, the Chris Winkies, like the guys who 
come back and go to college after playing minor league baseball for years. So, and I tell you what, man, they're fun to watch. So I'm going to go with Tulane now, granted. And this is also fun fact. I can't stand guts. So, yep. There it is. You know. There it is. I was waiting for, I can't <laughs> believe it took that long folks. The fact that that got thrown in there at the end, like that was just some little caveat <laughs> laugh out loud. Funny. Okay. That should have been you talk about burying the lead folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't believe that the Gus bus has not been mentioned one time in this whole soliloquy. And there it is. There it is. My boy didn't disappoint me. Yeah, I'm taking Tulane. I, first off, I think this is going to be an electric uniform matchup. Can't wait to see what both sides wear. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And this is just a fun game, man. I, but yeah, I like Tulane. Like Tulane at home. I think they got a lot of things cooking right now. I think they're a fun story. And I'll take them. Plus, they used to be in the SEC many, 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 many moons ago. So we'll, we'll ride with that. I put this one on here because we had to fill a game. I had nine games that I liked and didn't really have one. And this is one that was like, well, this is kind of interesting because who the hell knows what's going to happen with this game. But South Carolina going to the swamp to play the Gators. Florida seven and a half point home favorite after their triumph over flu ridden Texas A&M last weekend. What do you think about this one? I think this spread is an overreaction to them beating 60 players for Texas A&M. I don't think either one of these, neither. I mean, we both said many times that neither one of these teams is very good. Nope. I'm going to take South Carolina to cover. I have no idea who's going to win this game. Rattler, in my opinion, is probably going to turn the ball over late. Florida will win. I don't think that, but I don't think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. This is like a field goal, four point game to me. I just, I don't see, I don't see this being you know, a blowout one way or another. Neither one of these teams is very good. Both of them have, you know, internal problems. And they're just not very well coached right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing sexy about either one of these teams. And I think Florida stinks out loud. So to pick them to win anything by more than a touchdown seems crazy. And again, to your point, last weekend notwithstanding, because you can't count it when you play a team that's decimated by sickness. Because who knows of the guys that played who was dehydrated from the flu. So I just – that win is meaningless to me. So I'm taking South Carolina cover. I'm with you. I have no idea who's going to win, but I think South Carolina probably cover. All right, this is one, given what's going on with CFP, that's interesting. Washington, with your big Penix energy last weekend, pulls off the win late. Well, now they got to go to Eugene and play. I would go out and say since Tennessee lost the hottest team in America, and that's the Oregon Ducks and Heisman Trophy hopeful Bo Nix, which who thought those words would ever come out of anybody's mouth. But good on him, man. They've been light. They've been lighting it up and great for Coach Landing. I mean, I love seeing Coach Landing. You see them throwing his name out there for the Auburn job, and he's like, yeah. the grass isn't always greener, but the grass is real damn green in Eugene. <laughs> what a yeah. great line. Yeah, great line. Dan Landing's awesome. Anyways, uh, the Ducks are a 13-and-a-half-point home favorite. What you feeling about that one? That number seemed too big, or you like that for the Ducks? I'm very conflicted on this game because I really like Washington. I really like what they're doing. I really like Michael Penix, and I can't stand Bo Nix. But yep, noted. <laughs> I love Dan Landing. I love Dan Landing. I love what he's doing at Oregon. I love the way that he's – essentially made that defense into his own. And I said at the beginning of the season that he was going to take those two linebackers, Flo Mm -hmm. and um, Sewell, Sewell. and Mm -hmm. just 
make them Dean and Roquan esque, and he has turned them and unlocked their potential, and they yep. are have been flying around. So I think the Ducks win, and I think it's pretty much. I think it's UCLA Washington two point I really do. They have got to be cognizant of the narrative around them, and they know that that Georgia loss is like a scarlet letter on their uniform every single week. So I think for Oregon, it's not just about winning. It is about pummeling as many people as possible. And so I think they will be foot on the gas the whole way. But you bring up a magnificent point because I was going to say, the thing about Oregon that I don't think is talked about a lot is how good their defense has been. I mean, don't get it twisted, homie. That UCLA offense is dynamic. And they clamped them down. And to your point, that is Dan Lanning. And they had they have NFL talent on that defense, and he is bringing it out. So I think that's what makes Oregon interesting. And I'm with you, man. I, I, I think they cover this. I think they – this is another opportunity. They're going to be on national TV at night on the East Coast, like in an actual hour where people will watch it, not Pac-12 after dark, yeah. but primetime watching. It's an opportunity for them to turn some heads, and I think they come out real motivated in Eugene on Saturday. So I'm with you. All right, next one is the new number four team in the CFP. The Horn Frogs from TCU and Coach Dykes are headed to Austin play Sark and the Longhorns. The Longhorns are a six and a half point favorite. Who do you like in this one? This line scares me. This is one of those this know, line stinks Vegas knows more. Yeah. Vegas knows more than, than we do. Yeah. I'm going to go with TCU. I don't like it, but since Oklahoma, Quinn Ewers is only completing 50% of his passes and against that this might be the get right game for the Horn Frogs defense because yours has not played well. Yeah. So I'm going to go with TCU. I don't like it, but I, I think TCU can go into Austin and win because of their, because of how dynamic their offense is. Look, man, Sonny Dykes can coach. I mean, that's just a period hard stop. Sonny Dykes can coach. Yep. So I think America needs to wrap their brain around that. The other thing, I think there's hesitation nationally because of TCU's conference history, because they haven't always been a Power 5 school. But let's be real. We're talking 20 years now of TCU being relevant, where they've had good football teams, good players that are playing in the league. I think a lot of this is just disrespect for TCU, that they're not getting more acclaim. They have a fun offense. They're good on the edge. They have a good quarterback who can do things with his arm and with his legs. David Pollock said this on College Game Day, and I agree with him. If somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Texas try and tell us every week that they're they're neither here nor there, and so I'm I'm not taking them. I just I, I have no faith in Texas as a solid football team in the in their current incarnation. So I'm taking the team that's undefeated and has been good this year regardless of whether or not they've had to come back and win a couple times, especially if they're an underdog. I mean, yeah. they don't even have to win and we can win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking TCU. I, I will take the stance that TCU can prove me wrong, but I'm taking the Horned Frogs. I'll go down with them proving me wrong if that's how it has to be. So, all right, this is another interesting one because it harkens back to what we talked about earlier in the show. 
UNC is one of these teams that is slowly creeping its way into the playoff picture if they take care of their own business. Now, the committee has kind of told us they don't really believe that because what they put them at 15. But I think that's close enough if they win out and win the ACC, especially given their quarterback, what could happen. So they are going to Winston-Salem to face a reeling Demon Deacons team. Wake's a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite in this. What are your thoughts on this one? This is another line that stinks out loud. 100%. They just got the Deacons just got demolished by a injury riddled NC State team. I mean, demolished. It wasn't close. And the week before, they turned the ball over, what was it, six times in the third quarter? Mm, yep. Against Louisville. The Deacons are just not playing good football right now. They're just mm-hmm. not. And I don't know why. I don't think that this is the game that they're going to turn around, turn it around against Drake May. I know North Carolina does not play. Well on the road. They only won by three points against Virginia last week, but that was a late backdoor cover. They were in control of that game the entire second half. I think the Tar Heels go into Winston-Salem and they win handedly. It may not be a 30-point win because that's not their style of football. They don't blow teams out, but they are in control of the game. And I think that they're going to do the same thing Saturday night. Yeah, I think UNC wins this game straight up. So I love him as a dog. I mean, I yeah. Look, what do I always tell you? If I don't know who to pick, what do I base it off of? Quarterback play. Well, quarterback play. Drake may play in a hell of a lot better than Sam Hartman's would play. And I'm very much on the record that I love Sam Hartman. I think he's great story, great player, and has been great for that university. He's not playing good football, and thus they are not playing good football. And dude, playing quarterback or, or really any position all throughout athletics. Dude, there's a lot of mental component to it. And you have six turnovers in one quarter as a quarterback. Man, that's in your dome a little bit. And I think he's kind of Rue Baker in things a little right now. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't like it. I don't like how they feel. So, I love UNC as a dog here. So, I, I'm taking the Tar Heels too. All right, last one of the day. Your number one Georgia Bulldogs headed to Stark Vegas. Cowbells everywhere. Everybody's going to be tuned up because it's a night game. Uncle Chris going to be in attendance. Lucky dog. Yeah, he's fired, he's fired up at me because I can't make the trip. But um, he will be there, represent. Hopefully we get some content from Uncle Chris with all the cowbells. And dogs are a 16-and-a-half-point road favorite. They covering that easy. That number make you a little uneasy. Where are you at on this? I think the dogs cover this easy, and I don't think the cowbells are going to be much of a factor at all. There are still tickets available for $50. Yep. As we're taping. It, it is the strangest thing to me. Like, I think I told you this maybe a month ago. As of a month ago, you could go on Mississippi State's website. I'm not talking like Ticketmaster or StubHub. I'm talking on the official athletic site for Mississippi State and buy tickets to the game. That's not even something I can comprehend as a Georgia fan. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that for <laughs> the Samford game, much less a conference game. So, that is a weird thing to me. And I think there are going to be a ton of dogs there. A ton. Because we, when's yeah. the last time we were there? 2010? I mean, it's been forever. Yeah. And I mean, most people like that I see on social media, it's about a six hour drive. Now, yeah. granted, they're not going to be able to stay there, but I mean, they're not going to be able to drive home the night before, but they can, they're getting places to stay a couple hours away. So I think a lot of people are going to drive in, you know, the morning of tailgate, yeah. go to the game drive stay two hours away and then drive home Sunday 
So I think it's going to be a lot of red and black there. And I think that's going to neutralize the cowbell hell. And I think the dogs win handily in this. I don't think it's close. Uh, Mississippi State's reeling. I mean, the whole thing with Mike Leach, like, you know, not letting his players sit down in the second half last week, you know, it's just iconic, normal Mike Leach behavior. Peak, so Peak Mike Leach. Peak Mike Leach, yes. So he is just, he's in, you know, normal form. Not That's rare form for most coaches, normal form for him. So I think that I just, this team doesn't scare me at all. If this game was like week two or three, this game would make me a little nervous because it's such a weird offense. But I mean, we're near the end of the season. So we're, we are in peak performance at this point. We are going to dominate this game. And sorry, Mike Leach, got another L on your, uh, on your uh, record this year. Yeah, here's my thing. Kirby Paul's smart as like an elephant. He don't ever forget. So don't you think he has been chomping at the bit to avenge that close game in 2020? He will have these boys ready. And if any of them look off or slow this week, he'll pull that 2020 tape up real quick and humble their ass. So I think they will be motivated. I think, I think defensively they found something on Saturday where that was their gel game. I think that's what we've all been waiting for is, is the defense. The numbers have been good, but we all went, have they really played somebody to justify us getting jacked up about this defense? I think Saturday was that. And I think Javon Bullard had himself – a coming out party on Saturday. And I think becomes an X factor as we propel our way towards the postseason, the playoffs. So yeah, I think it's big man. And, and Jalen Carter being healthy, obviously <laughs> boy, I think he'll be the number one. <laughs> he was I mean, tr- transformational for that defense last weekend. I think he's top five easy. Yeah. Hey, he, he's, he showed that when he's healthy, he is a weapon. So they're, uh, they're in a good spot. Oh, also, they, they announced that after we did our episode, but it looks like Robert Beal's thing was a stinger. So I think Kirby expects him to play. We didn't get the he's hopeful for Saturday, so he thinks he's going to play. <laughs> Have I told you this? I haven't texted you this. I'm going to text you. I've been putting together uh, things that Kirby says, and I'm going to create like a Kirby, like a video about Kirbyisms, about things that he says and then what it really means. Like for what, what it really means. Kirby's favorite adjective in the English language is tremendous. Yeah, we're going to go to Mississippi State. My coach Leach does a tremendous job. A lot of respect for Coach Leach and what they do. I mean, that is just a standard in every week. Love Coach Lang, a lot of respect for him. Does a tremendous job there at Oregon. We had him here. He did tremendous things for us. Tremendous is Coach Smart's word. I just want a shirt that says tremendous with like a visor on it. That's what I want because that's my boy. The other one is hopeful. If if Kirby Smart says something is hopeful – I'm hopeful that we're going to have cheeseburgers for dinner tomorrow night. Y'all ain't having no cheeseburgers for dinner tomorrow night. Like y'all just get that through your head. Hopeful means that's a hard no, hard no. And there were some other ones. I'll send you the list, but yeah, you got to read between the lines with Perry Paul smart brother. So, all right. Well, uh, hopefully, let's hopefully, hope. hopefully we, hope we have good weeks. Hopeful. Well, we only got one difference. So I oh, know. Well, hopefully I'm 10 and 0 and you're nine and one. <laughs> Hey, I need the one, man. You're kicking my ass, so I need the one. <laughs> All right. Well, we are fired up. It's been a fun week. I'm still riding off Saturday. I'm still not off that happy high. So, anyways, we will uh, we'll touch 
back with y'all after uh, after the dogs go down to Stark Vegas and take care of their business. And until then, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.